Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Daily Crypto News. It is Wednesday, December 27, 2023. My name is Matt, and we have a very slow news day. It looks like everybody at the Crypt and Coindesk and the Block and wherever else is just kind of not writing news or much of the news because it's still everybody's in holiday season, holiday head right now. So today I brought in my friend Paul McNeil, the crypto curator. We're going to talk about the markets, talk about the Bitcoin ETF, and just talk about basically the macro of what's happening in the space right now. But there was some breaking news just a little bit ago. MicroStrategy just acquired another 14,620 Bitcoin for $615.7 million at an average price of $42,110 per Bitcoin. That means they have acquired around 189,150 Bitcoin for about $5.9 billion at an average price of 31,168 Bitcoin. So that means they have made around $2.4 billion in profit their Bitcoin is now worth around $8.11 billion. So Michael Saylor and MicroStrategy has been consistently buying Bitcoin. Is this going to be the buy the rumor, sell the news? Or is this going to be buy the rumor and buy the news? Before we get into the conversation with Paul, I think we should do crypto prices first. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talk. And the time is 9.42 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Fear agrees at 70. We are greedy. Dropped a little bit from yesterday, but we're, we are still greedy. Bitcoin's up a percent. It's at $43,096. Ethereum's at $2,321, up 3.5%. Teller's number three, Binance, is up 2.8% at $309. I wasn't expecting that. And Solana is down around 6.5%, but it's still up over $100. It's at $107. Running off the top 10, we have XRP, USDC, Cardano, Avalanche, and Doge. The total market cap is at $1.67 trillion. It's up 0.5%. We have a Bitcoin dominance of 50.2 and an ETH dominance of 16.5. And really quick, I do have a little bit of news. Liquidity on Solana's largest decentralized exchange has grown tenfold since October 17th. In the past seven days, the volume of the DEX has increased around 26% to roughly around $5.8 billion. And we have seen creditors finally get some payment from the Mt. Gox hack. We're talking about a decade later. People are finally seeing some money show up in their PayPal accounts, which is the worst way to get, send the money, but whatever. Uh, it's showing up in their PayPal accounts, and of course, somebody's making mistakes. The transfers to these PayPal accounts, some of them have been sent twice, meaning that they have received double money. And they sent out a statement saying that we would appreciate if you check your PayPal account immediately to confirm that you got the right amounts. And obviously, they're asking for you to send it back if you got double. And just me using common sense here, if you were waiting for your money to get paid back for you for almost a decade after you got hacked on Mt. Gox and they sent you double, I really think that they're going to have to try to claw back this money. Nobody's going to be very uh, expedient to send this back. What do you think? And now let's get into our conversation with Paul McNeil, the crypto curator. Paul, my good buddy, how you doing? Welcome back to the show. Hey, Matthew, doing good. I've uh, recuperated from Christmas. <laughs> I'm I'm still recuperating, man. I'm still recuperating. I think the whole news cycle is too, because we're talking about everybody um, at Decrypt and CoinDesk and The Block and everywhere just being off still. There's no news, even though this market is absolutely insane. And that's what we're going to talk about today is this insane very kind of hopeful, bullish, yet confusing market. Um, we were talking about this offline, what to expect coming into this possible Bitcoin ETF. And we're wondering if this is going to be a buy the rumor, sell the news, 
Or is this going to be the by the rumor, by the news? What what are you feeling in this space right now, man? Yeah, well, I'm actually curating a piece on this and trying to track who is saying buy the rumor, sell the news, and who's saying buy the rumor, buy the news. And so far, at first, it was a little bit tied, but right now, so I have to say, the sentiment is it's going to be a uh, sell the news event, which Kathy Wood came out this morning, and she wow. said she thinks short term there's going to be a sell the news event, and then we'd rally, and that's from Kathy Wood. Wow. So why is Kathy saying that it's going to be a sell the news event? Well, I think she's saying that like all of these macro events that happen, whether it's this, whether it's a regular ETF, whether it's, you know, same thing goes with stocks, equities. Anytime there's so much hype being built up, there's been a lot of front loading that's coming into the market. And then once the news comes out, it's a little underwhelming. You get some sell off pressure and then everything resumes. So I I think that's what she's saying. I, I didn't really dive into the full piece, but I think that's where she's going with it. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I kind of ag- agree with you that how it usually is. But I mean, uh, a Bitcoin ETF is not underwhelming. It's something that the Bitcoin <laughs> we've, we've been wait- waiting for for a decade. So I, th- this is why I feel that this is really confusing. I do feel that we are going to pretty go go pretty much stagnant until maybe after the new year. Um, and then we're going to go up until, you know, the from like the first until the sixth until we get to that window of like the last um the last window where the SEC is going to or can approve or deny a spot Bitcoin ETF. Now, the markets have been acting in a way that this is a, a, a sure thing. Um, we've all been talking like this is a sure thing. But my opinion and what I've been saying on you know the podcast for you know, the past months is that it's not sure until it happens. But what do you feel about this? Like, I, I want people to be be cautious because if this Bitcoin ETF does not happen, we will go down, and we will go down bigly, in my opinion. What do you think? Yeah, so Matthew, listen, I curate the news. I've been watching all the sentiment for everybody. Eric Balcunas, uh, James Seaford, right? These guys, they're from um, Bloomberg, right? And they've been talking, and they said there's a 90% chance that this is going to get approved. The SEC came out. They had uh, Grayscale. Grayscale has now given in, and they're saying they're going to do cash redemptions. This is why the SEC has been meeting with all the applicants. This is going to happen. I, I don't think there's, there's, there's a probably a 1% chance this doesn't happen. And I think this is going to be go time. And you're right. This is the issue that we have. Such a bullish event. How could this be a sell the news event? It doesn't make sense. And so I think that people should be positioned that if this thing teleports, because I think the price could teleport. And if it teleports, you don't want to be out of this. You don't want to be out. You know, you were talking about, you know, Bitcoin price teleporting and and here's different things I've seen over the years. And you've been in um, this space one cycle longer than I have. Um, but through the cycles that I've been through is we kind of underestimate every time Bitcoin teleports. When it was 2018, we saw the previous all time high of, you know, one thousand dollars and we went to 20 grand. I don't think anybody expected a 20 X uh, of, of, you know, the new all time high. This past one, we did. We saw a low of three thousand five hundred, three thousand seven hundred dollars, and then we went up to sixty nine thousand dollar Bitcoin. I don't think anybody expected that we we're going to twenty x again. Um, our low this time was around. Let's just call it fifteen, sixteen, seventeen around there. Uh, a twenty x from there, we're talking about three hundred k. Do you think that's? <laughs> hey, we're laughing because it's, it's, it's absurd. 
do you think that that is a possibility a three hundred thousand dollar bitcoin and if we do get to something like that we're talking about a six seven eight trillion dollar market cap yep and i'll tell you this i tell everybody else listen i fell for the banana the last time i'm not falling for it this time get me above 100k and maybe we could talk and think above that but that being said max kaiser came out and said, we're going to $325,000 by the end of 2025. So when someone else came out and said $300,000 by the end of 2025, it's sort of written into the factors that 300 is going to be about the number. Time will tell if we're going to get there. I don't know. Yeah, of course we don't know. But in, in Max is, in my opinion, not the uh, most credible guy to be quoting half the time. <laughs> That's true. But then again, who is? I mean, uh, we have a lot of Fudsters that are supposed to be professionals at this. Uh, Jamie Dimon being one of them. Ninex, you see the JP Morgan is aping into everything Bitcoin while still trying to talk down his bags. Yeah, and Tim Draper's the other one, right? Tim Draper keeps saying 250K, and he's been saying that since 2019. You know, at some point, the guy's going to be right, right? But right now, I have a whole list of what I call the ridiculous. Yes, he got added to my ridiculous because it's ridiculous. Listen, 250K by the end of 2024 makes no sense. It's not going to happen, Tim. I'm sorry. You know, I feel that there's going to be a lot of, look, we keep talking about Bitcoin, but there's going to be a lot of peripheral or auxiliary tokens or companies that are going to get benefit from this ETF as well. I mean, obviously the TradFi, uh, we're going to see BlackRock, you know, just make money hand over fist from this, I, I think. Um, I think more so than anybody. Uh, there's probably a lot of companies in the back end that we don't even know about that they're going to be benefiting from this. One company I'm looking at is Coinbase. Coinbase is going to be the custodian of a lot of these ETFs. I mean, I think that it's... um um vanguard um blackrock uh, i think even um i think van x as well they're all looking at coinbase as helping out with this whole process um and there's also going to be a lot of companies that are going to well first question what wh which do you think are you looking at any coins tokens comp or and crypto companies or traditional companies that are going to have a good upside if this hits besides microstrategy of course yeah, I was about to say micro strategy. Listen, there's there's no better play than micro strategy right now. I was just listening to, um, and I'm, it was on the margin, and he was talking with uh, Will Clemente, and and that's what they were saying. Micro strategy is an ETF basically without the fees. Like, why wouldn't people buy? If you're scared of Bitcoin for whatever reason, which I think is dumb, you should be buying micro strategy. Now, are there any peripherals? Yeah, you're right. Coinbase is the peripheral play because why? Everybody, I think all of the ETFs are using Coinbase. I don't know of an ETF that's not using Coinbase. How Coinbase got put in this position is beyond me. They were under an SEC lawsuit. I have no idea how it works, but apparently it works. So, yeah, I'm not looking at anything in specific that's peripheral of the ETF, but those two, Coin and MicroStrategy. Yeah, I, and I'm wondering if there's going to be other uh, cryptos that are going to have an upside too. I mean, it seems as though that every time we see uh, um, a Bitcoin rise and the price gets to a point where people are like, oh, no, now finally it's too expensive for me to buy. Um, and that's arbitrary. You know, it was $20,000 last time. Oh, I can't. It's 20,000 Bitcoins ridiculous. I'm not going to pay for that. 50,000 is ridiculous. I'm not going to pay for that. And then it goes to 69. Everybody's like, oh, that sounds cheap now. Um, 
they, they look at other other tokens. I mean, Bitcoin Cash is one that usually has a great upside when, you know, Bitcoin rises because people are looking like, oh, that looks like Bitcoin, because obviously, if you've been in the space for a while, you're not buying Bitcoin Cash. But the noobs are looking at Bitcoin Cash. Uh, Litecoin is an oldie but goodie that people are looking at. Um, and sometimes that just looks like the, you know, a safer, cheaper play. And you see an up, upside for those two. Do you see anything else that, that could be an upside? Yeah, I tell everybody I focus primarily on the top 10 digital assets. If something creeps into the 10, I'll start covering it in my curation news. But right now, you mentioned two of them, and I think that they're going to eventually get back into the top 10. That is Matic, and that is Litecoin. Chainlink's right behind them. You got Chainlink, Matic, Litecoin, Dot, right? You got all of these assets that are going to start floating back up into the top 10. We watched Solana move from, what, position 9 to 4? Uh, that's insane. So I think you're going to see the same thing happen. Yeah. Matic right now is on a mad rip, and I think it's going to get into the top 10. It'll jump dot, and I forget what other asset that is is there. So, yeah, yeah. No, I think those are the ones that right now are getting the attention. Anything in the top 10, 20, those are the ones to watch. Anything outside of that, I mean, you can throw a dart, maybe get lucky. There's this competition that's happening. You mentioned um, Solana coming back up into the top five, which, again, a year ago, Solana was $9. And everybody was like, oh, did we – you know, and it's it, 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 like seriously, like people who are not paying attention to this space of just you know having a moderate. I mean, we're not talking about like uh, Warren Buffett's sense of self control when it comes to uh, investing and you know delaying gratification. And we're talking about you just got to hodl for a year or two, and, and you're seeing massive upsides. I mean, Buffett, you know, obviously one of the best investors of our of our age. I mean, we're talking about, he's, he's been hodling for, you know, decades before he, <laughs> so we're not, we're not even talking about that kind of time horizon. Uh, but it, people are looking at Ethereum um, and builder chains and their, and Ethereum's competition. Ethereum is having upgrades and they're still trying to, you know, hold on to their supremacy, but there's other ones that are coming out that are really trying to t challenge what Ethereum does but the only one I see that's getting traction is Solana for actual building and layer twos to Ethereum, like Matic. Do you have anything else on your radar that may be a com competition to Ethereum? No, you know, I really don't. I don't dive much into the layer two type assets and blockchains. But I will say this, uh, when it comes to which one, and, and I think it's human nature to want to pick one or the other. But instead, it's going to be one and the other. It's going to be Ethereum. It's going to be Solana. It's going to be Matic. It's going to be Chainlink. It's going to be Polkadot. It's going to be all of these assets because they're building the future of this new decentralized world. Now, we know not all of these are totally, truly decentralized, but you're starting to see these projects mature to the point to where they're going to be around for a while, and I don't think they're going to go anywhere. So if someone's looking for places you need to do your homework. You can't just go on what someone says. Hey, go buy Matic. No, that's dumb because when Matic tanks, you're going to look at them and blame them. But you need to do your research. And if you really begin to understand these assets, all of them, then you'll know what to do and where to do it. Again, Warren Buffett said that, right? Pick something you know and then go all in. That, that, that is that is true. Um, but and again, I will. I, I want. I do want to comment on the time horizon. Um, the time mm -hmm. horizon of these things is. In every market, there's a consolidation, right? There's a consolidation mm -hmm. of there's the, the big guy, then there's a lot of competition to it, right? We saw it with early internet. We see it with um, AI now. Like there's 
a shit ton of AI image generators. There's not, they're not going to be around for the next couple. Uh, not all of them will be there in the next five years. You're, it's going to consolidate down to a couple big two. You know, we're going to have either Dolly or Midjourney, and all these other ones are going to float away, or something else is going to pop up that is just better than them all, and then just eat all of these guys' um, uh, competition or you know market. And I think that that's what's going to happen with with this um, builder chains as well. I, I can't see that all of them are going to be there long term, short term. Yeah, they're going to come out and they're going to be like, hey, we're doing these th different things special. You guys, the market, try it out. And if it is good, the market's going to, you know, obviously pick up and they're going to accumulate more market share. Um, but I think that we're going to find that there's going to be some, uh, I guess, whales for market share. And right now, it looks like Solana is the one that's gobbling it up. And I want to see who's going to be the next cobbler. Who's going to just go over there and just chomp up the market share and, and, and get all of the, the builders in the space? I mean, it's almost impossible to, um, in my opinion, to predict or, or not to predict. Let me take that back. It's almost impossible to think that the first movers are going to be the winners. However, it's also not impossible to think that. Kind of like Bitcoin. Bitcoin was the first mover. And well, look where we are now. Ethereum, the first builder chain, right? And mm -hmm. but it has its issues. Yeah, but what what you're going to find, Matthew, is that remember, not too long ago, everyone thought it was lights out for Solana. Solana was the VC chain. Everyone threw hate at it. Everyone dogged it out. It was not any good, you know. And then all of a sudden, it comes back. Ethereum, everybody's oh, the fees are horrible. The fees are killing it. There's no building on Ethereum. Ethereum is still there. I think everybody's wanting something to happen that's dramatic about these, but I don't think so. I think they're just going to keep tank, tinkering away. They're going to keep building, keep going, and it's just going to continue to evolve over time. And I think each one of these chains, whether it's Ethereum, Solana, Polkadot, Matic, any of them, Chainlink, and all these are a little bit different. Each They each have their own community. They have their own sort of ecosystem. And even though they are competitors, it's not exactly the same. I mean, look at T-Mobile, AT&T, Verizon, Sprint, right? These companies have been there and they have been there now, Sprint, Merge, T-Mobile. But the point is, is that it'll be a long while before you see one of these evaporate or go away. My man just dated himself there with Sprint. <laughs> I, know you had, I know you had the Sprint push to talk. I know you did. <laughs> I did. I had the Sprint push to talk, buddy. I, I was there. I was there in the early days. <laughs> All right. La last thing I, I want to... <laughs> Last thing I want to get your comments on is uh, is a little bit of conspiracy backdoor dealings that I had uh, that I've been talking about quite a bit. I know that's been in the rumor mill. You've been talking about it. We've been talking about it. Is we see some departures from different mo monster companies um, in the in the crypto space that we didn't uh, expect. Uh, CZ obviously um, got indicted. Um, he is going to be. Um, uh, he he stepped down as the CEO, um, stepped down as the uh, on the board. Actually, no, I think he's still on the board, but he stepped down as the CEO. He's not in day to day operations for Binance anymore. Um, Barry Silbert <laughs> stepped down uh, and resigned, uh, which was which was totally unexpected, not surprising, but unexpected. Um, and I feel, and I want your opinion on this. I feel that there is BlackRock dealings in the background trying to make the SEC feel as secure and safe as possible with people that they have always had a kind of suspicion about within the space for manipulation, for unsavory practices, for backdoor dealings, for whatever. They just said, hey, you get rid of those guys. And now we could talk about a spot Bitcoin ETF. And if those guys are still in the market, I don't know if we can actually do this. You got to rein all this crap in. 
This is what I feel. Do you feel the same way? I do. I think that very sobered announcement came out of nowhere. I don't think anyone had telegraphed this. No one talked about it. But remember what happened right before he made that announcement. SEC met with all the applicants and they talked with them. And I guarantee you through those conversations, something like that came up. And I think Barry, listen, Barry's not losing anything by not being the chairman of the GBTC. He doesn't care. He doesn't care. He's got digital currency group, which owns everything else in the world. He's not hurt by this. He decided, and I'm sure they decided as a group, hey, let's fall on the sword. Get out of here. Let's clean this thing up and let's make it look pretty for the SEC. We get our ETFs. Now, everybody in crypto, we hate the ETFs. We think that this is going to cause problems. This is going to take over Bitcoin, blah, blah, blah. Guys, listen, this is the way it goes. It's been this way for centuries and forever. Their big guys are going to play the way they want to play. And so, yeah, I think BlackRock pushed them out. And and I do want to comment on that, too, is um, people say that this ETF and, you know, this, you know, KYC, AML and all these other things are destroying the ethos of Bitcoin and so on and so forth. Um, and they and they really against it. They're like, well, we're institutionalizing. It's going to be controlled by the banks and the governments and these, you know, at the end of the day, if you are still mining Bitcoin and it's decentralized and you hold your keys, nobody's controlling shit. And, and I, and, and I right. think that I think that people forget that um, at the end that. No matter what happens, if they start cracking down on like Bitcoin surveillance, if they say that we are hodling and stacking all the stats, I'm talking about the big banks are stacking all the stats, stats, uh, the governments are saying that we're going to have restrictions or they're saying that you have to KYC or, you know, give off off 10 fingerprints and toe prints to be able to use this stuff. Um, there's always another option with Bitcoin. It's always like, okay, fine, you guys can do that, but I can remove myself from the system. And that's the whole point is like, let me remove myself from all of this and just stack my own sats and, and transact with my own um, with my own private keys. And I think that people get really wrapped up in this whole like government conspiracy control censorship thing when they understand when they don't really get that or really want to communicate about Bitcoin being the anti censorship c- control um, digital currency. It, it, what, what do you what do you feel about that statement? Absolutely. Listen, Andreas Antonopoulos said it better than anyone. If people in Bitcoin really want Bitcoin to be pure and true, and let's just say BlackRock comes in and co-ops Bitcoin, whatever. All it's going to take is the developers to do what? Do a hard fork. The longest chain becomes Bitcoin. All the miners follow them. Game over, right? That's just the way it is. Everyone can't be worried about what someone else is going to do. Like you said before, Bitcoin is Bitcoin is Bitcoin. It'll always be Bitcoin, and it's going to take care of itself. It cannot be attacked. People can try and attack it, but they're going to break themselves against it because it's been so well crafted and designed that it's designed for that purpose to withstand. Listen, it's 15 years of battle tested. This thing has been truly battle tested. It went through the it went through the uh, size wars, right? It's been through the Mount God's crash. It's been through all these crashes. Bitcoin is still standing. Why? It's built that way. So yeah, BlackRock can do what they want to do, but if it gets too crazy. The developers and the miners and the node operators can all fork and create a new chain, call it Bitcoin. This will be Bitcoin government token. And hey, you guys have fun with it. You know, that is a very interesting point. And uh, we're going way longer than I wanted to today. Um, but that's interesting because the fact is, um, I wonder if the SEC is accounting for that. Imagine if you have a lot of individuals with you know money in these Bitcoin ETFs and so on and so forth, and then the developers just say, hey, you know what? <laughs> Screw you guys. We're going to fork, and you're left with bullshit. 
Uh, do you think that was part of the part of the plan or part of the conversation? You know, there was a, there was. A, I, I'm going to go back now that you said this. I'm going to go back and look it up. There was somebody on Twitter that had brought some document from the SEC that they had wrote something in there about the ETF and how those tokens would be called Bitcoin and all this other nonsense. I don't know what would happen, but yeah, it would create a problem. But the SEC has addressed this and they've looked at that about the whole splitting of the fork. And I'd have to go back and look it up again. But there's definitely there's conversation out there about this. Okay, Paul, this is probably be the last time you're on this podcast before the, the new year. Um, predictions for the new year with the markets. Well, listen, I went back and I looked at, I forget the name of the website that I have, but it's one that shows all of the performance of Bitcoin. Bitcoin right now is mirroring the 2015, 2016 markets. For the last quarter of those years, it was all green. It's been all green the last quarter of 2023. I believe that we could see some wild volatility in January. January notoriously is red after a green December. So can we have a red January? The ETF comes out to buy the rumor, sell the news event. We get that all washed out. We get ready to go toward the halving. The market picked back up to go. I think so. So I think we're going to end 2023 bullish uh, as we start 2024. Who knows? It's, it's a different It's a different, different year. I, I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, my, my, my prediction is we're going to go, um, like I said, we're going to go very bullish into the announcement. Uh, we're going to have a slight or we're going to have a slight like pullback or a correction when it comes to Bitcoin, because I think Bitcoin's going to go, you know, maybe 50, 55 uh, until the announcement. And then we're going to get a, you know, a slap uh, back down to in the 40s, maybe even the high 30s. And then we're off to the races. And th that's just going to be just, you know, people coming in. People, some people are taking profits, trying to figure out what's going on with the market. Is the ETF going to be successful? Are we going to get that retail like everybody thought it's going to happen? And then once they see that it's, hey, you know what's okay, then I think we're just going to be off to the races. My predictions. Paul, I hope you have a happy new year, and thank you very much for spending 20 minutes with me. Indeed, man. Anytime.